Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. President Joe Biden has repeatedly declared that he is pro-worker, pro-union kind of president. But in his quest to help American laborers, his administration seems to have forgotten a pretty important fact about those workers. And here to talk to us about that, Eric Baim, one of our favorite reporters at Reason, Reason.com. And you have a great piece in Reason today, Eric, talking about who it is and what it is about those workers that the president is forgetting. Tell us about it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. As always, Boyd. Um, yeah, I think this is this is a piece that's actually in the latest issue of of the Physical Reason magazine. We still put out a hard copy magazine, so if you're lucky enough to find that out there on newsstands, you can pick it up and uh, take a look. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think the, the thing that gets lost in a lot of this is that is that Biden attempts to talk and frequently does talk about worker centric policies, worker centric trade policies, worker centric economic policies. Um, and, and it seems like he hardly gives a, a public speech in which he doesn't talk about unions and the importance of labor. Uh, and he, I think he just misses the fact that, like, th- there's nobody in this country who is 100 percent of the time a worker. Right. We a lot of us go to work. Uh, we're working right now, you and me, even though this doesn't. <laughs> we're working like too it. hard. But, actually. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but when we get done here, you know, we'll go to the grocery store. We'll go home uh, and maybe buy something on Amazon or, or watch Netflix. You know, you become consumers in your time off. Uh, and so policies that, that sort of pit workers against uh, other people, whatever those other people might be, we're, we're you know, we're going to give benefits to workers at the expense of everyone else. It's like, you know, th- that's actually the same person. Like, like you might be benefiting them in one aspect of their life. But uh, if if costs go up for consumers, uh, you know, it's it's not as if you can take from consumers and give to workers because that's the same person. One in the, yeah, one in the same. And I, and I think that's so interesting because uh, the president never gets to that part of the program, that those steel workers that, that he loves and loves to tout and talk about, uh, that they suffer from tariffs and, and the price of cars and appliances and, and all those other things. Uh, talk about some of the things where the administration has done some things to benefit, quote, workers, uh, but might be really hurting those very workers when they turn into themselves as consumers. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I mean, tariffs are, are like the best example of this. In the piece, I lay out a couple other examples, but I think the tariffs are a great one. And this this is, you know, both of the last two administrations are guilty of this, of saying, well, we need tariffs to protect domestic steel workers, right? We need to make foreign steel more expensive so that it helps our steel making companies here in the United States and it helps steel workers. Now, whether that works out in reality or not doesn't really matter. Let's just interrogate that as like an intellectual idea. Uh, If you're doing that to protect steel workers' jobs, to boost pay for steel workers, whatever it might be, uh, the problem is when that steel worker clocks out, the, the person who's just been the recipient of these protectionist policies, when they clock out for the day, and they have to go buy a new washing machine or they have to go buy a new car or something like that, right? They have to go buy something that's made with steel. Those higher prices that you've baked into the economy to help them as workers is now hurting them as a consumer. And so it is it is literally a, a zero-sum game. And that's, you know, that's obviously not the way we want the economy to work. But I, I think more than that, it's just kind of crazy to think that Washington can orchestrate that sort of trade-off in a way that will be beneficial for people, right? Yeah. Uh, and and you you can't run that sort of thing from uh, from the center of the country or from a you know from a, a government perspective. Uh, so I think what we really need in this country is more of a, an emphasis on like a, a market centric yeah. trade policy, a market centric economic policy that will allow individual people 
in their roles as workers, in their roles as consumers to make decisions that are most beneficial to them uh, in those perspective roles at whatever particular point in their lives they might be at. Yeah. And you also pointed out in the the piece, I want to spend just a second on this, just because I think it's one of those things you have to note. Uh, the president often tells those unions, I owe you, uh, uh, meaning that uh, you, you helped me get across the finish line and, and win the election. Uh, but we know that there was a significant bailout uh, of some of those private yep. sector union pensions. Just give us a quick snapshot of that. Yeah, this is one of those things that's kind of under the radar. It's flown under the radar. I've written about it uh, quite a bit, though, and it is that, uh, you know, Biden, this was this was part of the American Rescue Plan, part of that $1.9 trillion bill that was passed in March of last year, just shortly after Biden came into office. And they slipped into that uh, what is about a $90 billion bailout of a number of private sector union pension plans. These are uh, these are what are called multi-employer pension plans. They're they're basically for private sector unionized workers. Um, and uh, and th- there's a number of them. There are, there are actually hundreds of these plans, but there are a few dozen of them that have been slipping towards insolvency for years. And Congress has been working for a while trying to come up with a way to like shore up the pension plans, but also make sure they don't make the similar investment mistakes in the future that has, that has caused them this pain. Uh, and instead, uh, Biden and, and Democrats in Congress came in and as part of the American Rescue Plan through this, this bailout of these private sector pension plans in there. So, yeah, when Biden stands up in front of unionized workers, as he did you know, a couple months ago during a, a speech at a union hall in Philadelphia, and he says, you know, I owe you. He literally means that. Like, he, I think he means that literally. He's actually like throwing money at uh, this problem without. And this is similar to like the student loan bailout, too. Right. It's, it's throwing money at, a, at an issue without actually solving the underlying problem. Uh, they, they didn't address any of the, the, sh- the problems that have led to these, sh- these pension shortfalls in the first place. So it's just papering over. The, uh, the actual underlying issue. Yeah. And then uh, finally, you also mentioned uh, in your piece uh, some of the infrastructure package, which, again, you think, OK, that's going to be great for workers. But how does it play on the back end? Yeah, right. It's the same sort of thing. This is a, this is very similar to the tariff discussion that we had a minute ago. Right. So there's there's a thing called prevailing wage. And this is something that only wonks like us in D.C. and uh, think about. It's not something that I guess most people ever encounter. But uh, it is the it is the wage that is paid to people who are contracted to work on government uh, projects, things like largely, you know, infrastructure projects. And uh, and it is generally a higher wage than what you would uh, get for similar type work in the same physical area. So in, in Salt Lake City, the prevailing wage is uh, going to be a union negotiated wage, and it'll be probably higher than what most workers there would get for doing similar type of work. Uh, this is again like the tariffs; it boosts wages for employers or boosts wages for for workers on those projects. And so the Biden administration and the labor movement in general see this as a positive thing, right? Workers make more money. That's great. The downside of it is that, uh, that you know, you've got a limited amount of money for this infrastructure bill. It was a lot of money, of course. It was like a billion dollars, <laughs> but it's still, you know, it's a finite pot of money. And if you're doling out more of it for every hour that's worked, that means you ultimately get less work done in the long run. So you get less infrastructure built. And so uh, just like the tariff thing, right, it's great for the workers when they're working. They collect a bigger paycheck. But then when they go to drive home, they're stuck on crowded roads because the infrastructure isn't as good as it could have been uh, if we had built more of it. So it's it again, I think, just exposes this kind of disconnect between the fact that that people are not solely workers. We are workers and we are consumers. Working is just one aspect of our of our uh, of our lives. 
And I think it's important to note here, just because like Labor Day just passed, that the, the labor movement in general has implicitly acknowledged this for a long time, right? Think about right. the successes of the labor movement in the past century, things like weekends and paid vacation time and time off, all the stuff that the labor movement likes to hold up and say, we accomplished this, like we made your life better as a worker. Uh, those are things that, that all take away from your time as being a worker, right? Like right. it's an acknowledgement <laughs> that you shouldn't only be a worker. You should also have free time. You should also be a consumer for a larger portion of your life. And so to, to you know, to, to continually be drawing this, this line that Biden is drawing where he's saying, you know, well, we, we have to have worker centric policies. We have to emphasize the worker aspect of it. I think that really misses uh, a huge part of the way actual workers interact with the economy. Uh, great insight as always. Eric Bame from Reason Reason Magazine. Check it out. It is a compelling piece. A lot to think about. Not just workers, not just consumers. you got to look at everything, and that impacts policy in a big way. We'll step aside for Bottom of the Hour News. We'll be right back.